I'm Karen Hartglass, and you're listening to Ask a Vegan. It is October 28th, 2012. And before we really get started, I wanted to wish a very happy birthday to my dear friend and real supporter, Janet, who is celebrating her 50th birthday today. And unfortunately, we were all going to go and meet in Manhattan tonight for a nice little vegan dinner party. And it's not happening because Hurricane Sandy is blowing its way through and we are all staying home and staying safe and staying dry. So we'll have to do that celebrating another time. I'm also not recording outdoors like I like to do sometimes. It's cold, it's windy, and it's not the right time to be outdoors. And it's a good time to be indoors and enjoy some nice, delicious hot tea and hot soup and all kinds of nice, cozy things. And maybe get away from the electronics. I'm certainly going to do that when I'm done here. And maybe get out an old board game, Risk or Scrabble or something like that, and enjoy some people's company for a change. I think that's real. I think that's nice and... uh, Some people may be scared by the hurricane, and I hope that there's not any horrific damage that occurs during this time. It's really impossible to know, obviously. It's certainly good that we're doing what we can to prevent problems by staying safe and evacuating certain areas that may be troublesome with water and flooding. But it really is a good time to... Be simple and enjoy your enjoy your shelter, enjoy your home, enjoy your warmth, and do some things that really don't require high-tech things, electricity, enjoy people's company, and play some board games. I think that'll be fun. Of course, you don't have to do that if you don't lose power. And... Uh, Candles are always fun. I've got my soy candles out and ready to go. Um, Okay, so we've got all that taken care of, and I want to get on with this program tonight. The first thing I wanted to talk about is multiple sclerosis. I spoke about multiple sclerosis on this program back in February, February 5th, 2012 to be exact, if you want to go to the archives and listen to that program. I talked a bit about Dr. Terry Walls and her website, terrywalls.com. That's T-E-R-R-Y-W-A-H-L-S.com. She's a medical doctor and had a very compelling story about how she was overtaken by multiple sclerosis and was wheelchair-bound and then started to look into nutrition. And first she started with big doses of a variety of different supplements. And then she thought, why don't I get them from their original sources, meaning food? And she promotes a pretty much a paleo diet, which is based on lots of fruits and vegetables, green vegetables, my favorite, and some fish, and staying away from highly processed white flour foods and cheese. And she's had tremendous results, and it's really inspiring to see her video. 
And yesterday in the New York Times, there was an article called A Controversial Cure for MS. And they spoke about this Italian vascular surgeon named Paolo Zamboni. I wonder if he's related to the Zamboni machine that cleans the ice rinks. Probably is. How many Zambonis do you know? Anyway, he hypothesized that the real cause of MS was something called chronic cerebrospinal venous insufficiency, or CCSVI. Now, many people believe that MS is related to some sort of immune system problem where the immune system attacks the brain, but it's not clear why. And uh, this doctor contended that instead, blocked veins prevent blood from draining from the head, causing iron to back up in the brain and damage nerves that send messages to the body. And he has a procedure where he opens the veins that carry blood away from the head with the aim of restoring normal blood flow. And, a, and he claims that everyone that has had this procedure has recovered or seen significant remission or significant relief from this disease. And it was a very interesting article, but the whole time I'm reading it, reading about the stories and and the results and, and the the people that are suspect and the people that believe in it, I'm saying, okay, when are they going to talk about diet? And nowhere in the article did they mention diet. They certainly mentioned the nine newest drugs that have come out to treat multiple sclerosis and how people have tried them and have seen some relief, but they all come with significant side effects. And so you tend to take one drug and then use it until the side effects become unbearable and then you might move to another but no mention of diet. So here I am. It's now October and eight months since I last spoke about it. I think it would be a good time to speak about it again. The problem is that we haven't had any good clinical trials to see if changing your diet, and there is a specific diet for people that are on for people that are affected by multiple sclerosis surprisingly <laughs> i'm not really surprised but pretty much the diet that lowers your risk for heart disease and diabetes and cancer is also a diet that helps multiple sclerosis there was a doctor swank who died at the age of 99 in 2008 and he put out a lot of information and he has a specific diet. I think we have gone further from his diet and improved upon it, but he really believed he didn't promote a vegan diet. He promoted staying away from saturated fat. And as a result, people could eat very, very little animal products. And the problem is he didn't do any clinical studies and he felt that he he really couldn't because he believed in this diet and he couldn't see having a control group. He, he wanted to make people well and by having a control group that meant that some people would not be on this diet and they would not see the relief and he didn't want to do that. Also he found that there were some people that struggled with this diet and didn't stick with it. And uh, the, But those that 
were interested and stuck with it definitely saw relief. I know firsthand, I know a number of people that jumped on a very healthy vegan diet after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and they don't have it anymore. And some of them have even seen the few symptoms that they did have reversed. This is powerful. Now, I went to a variety of places to see what people are saying about diet and multiple sclerosis because I didn't know why this current article in the New York Times couldn't even just mention that there may be some improvements with this disease with diet. It, it always boggles my mind because changing the way you eat, improving the way you eat is something that doesn't have any harmful side effects. The side effects are you reduce your risk for numerous ailments and you may even cure yourself. It doesn't cost anything. It's just the, the change in your grocery bill and it might even become less expensive. But people are afraid to suggest diet because there's no profit behind it, right? And people, I think a lot of the medical profession also believe that people don't have the willpower. People don't have the discipline. They just want to go in, buy a pill, and be fixed. This definitely has to change. It's changing in small degrees, but the information needs to be out there. And unfortunately, doctors are really doing a disservice for the most part because it really is up to them to give their patients all the information they need. And because we're humans, we're subjective, and even though doctors may be required to give you all the information, they may not be knowledgeable, and they just may not believe in certain things, so they don't tell you. And that's why it's so important for each and every one of us as individuals to take responsibility for our own health. How many times have I said that? I just keep saying it because it's so important. Okay, so I went and looked up what the New York Times had to say about multiple sclerosis in earlier articles. And there were a few by Jane Brody, and she's been writing about nutrition for a very, very long time for the New York Times. I've never really been impressed with much that she had to say, and I always felt that um, her comments were definitely on the conservative side. Uh, and... She had an article hmm, some four years ago called Some with MS Put Their Hopes in a Diet. And she talked about Dr. Swank. And what she did mention was what I just said, and that is there has been no clinical evidence to show that the diet works or that the diet provides benefits. And without that information, without that data, nobody's going to promote it. And that's why you don't hear about it. Very simple. And so it takes funding to do studies. And if there's no profit behind a particular treatment, it's really hard to get funding. Now, Dr. John McDougall, you can find his website at drmcdougall.com. That's D-R-M like Mary, C-D like David, O-U-G like George, A-double-L.com forward slash foundation dot html. So he has his regular website, drmcdougall.com, and he talks about uh, his plant-based diet, which is a very starch-based diet. I can't say that I in agree entirely with what he promotes, but it is a plant-based diet, and I'm all for that. Uh, he 
has created a foundation several years ago to raise money and work with the University of Oregon Health and Science. I'm saying university twice here. So it's the or Oregon Health and Science University. And they are doing a study in Portland, Oregon on multiple sclerosis with dietary treatment of multiple sclerosis. And according to the website, we're supposed to see the first results by mid-2012, which has passed, and a first journal publication by the end of that year. So I'm not sure how the study is going, but I'm really looking forward to the results, and hopefully there'll be something that will be positive and life-altering. So he's been doing a lot of work with diet and multiple sclerosis, as have other doctors like Dr. Joel Furman. And uh, there have been numerous people that just on their own have seen tremendous relief by changing what they eat. Now, Dr. Swank, I believe it was Dr. Swank, in addition to low fat, maybe it was someone else. I know I did a lot of reading several years ago on multiple sclerosis, over 10 years ago, in fact, when one of my very close friends was diagnosed with it, and I was determined for her not to, not, not to go down the wrong path and, and just disintegrate with this disease. Unfortunately, she became, became vegan from being vegetarian, actually. She was on a very white flour and cheese diet. That's how I describe it. Bagels, pasta, pretzels, and cheese, which most Americans eat. And this is not a healthy diet, certainly not for the immune system. And a lot of uh, autoimmune diseases are connected with the consumption, high consumption of dairy products, cheese, and white flour foods, processed white flour foods. Okay, and uh, we put her on this nutrient-dense vegan diet, and she's never had another episode, another scarring, as they call it, uh, with the disease. And her doctor, an expert in multiple sclerosis, told her that she's one of the lucky 10% and that she doesn't have the disease. And I continue to say, that's not luck. That's not luck. It is nutrition excellent nutrition. And, you know, I don't know what the results of this McDougal study are, is going to be. I, I don't know. Um, th there's probably more to it, but just like we know with heart disease, heart disease is preventable and reversible with diet. We have so much evidence, blood pressure, diabetes, these things are preventable and reversible, and I have a feeling that multiple sclerosis is up there too. It's amazing what the good nutrition can do. And what drives me nutty is that we spend so many research dollars on finding cures for things that we know how to prevent. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could find cures with those same research dollars, instead of putting them towards heart disease and diabetes and multiple sclerosis, put them towards things that are really mysterious, that we really have no idea how to cure. Lou Gehrig's disease, um, I mean, there's a whole host of them that where diet does not, at least at this stage, seem to have an impact. Okay, so 
Jane Brody had her article, and it, it just had a tone. You know, sometimes you read these articles, and when they talk about people that really believe in diet and nutrition, they put this negative tone. You're reading through the lines, and they're like, yeah, you really shouldn't depend on that because it's only diet. I always get those kind of feelings from some articles, which is very frustrating. So I just had to talk about it a little bit. The point is, with multiple sclerosis, it is so important to boost your immune system with dark leafy green vegetables. Stay away from refined foods, wheat, sugar. Dr. Swank believed in a low-fat diet. Okay, so maybe you stay away from saturated fats. Um, and I'm always encouraging, of course, a plant-based diet, and I think it's really important. But the paleo diet, which is a little similar, although people eat fish and eggs, I believe, on the paleo diet. Um, it is a diet based on low starch and lots of green vegetables. This is what's so important. And it's important to get good nutrition. And that leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about because there's a study that just came out from JAMA. And you can find it. Well, I'll put the link on my podcast, but it just came out. And it's about multivitamins in the prevention of cancer in men's physical health study to randomized control trial. So there's a large-scale randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial, Physicians Health Study 2, of, let's see, 641 male, I don't have the number here, it's either 14,641 male U.S. physicians initially aged 50 years or older, including 1,312 men with a history of cancer at randomized enrolled at randomization enrolled in a common multivitamin study that began in 1997 with treatment and follow-up through June 1st, 2011. That's a lot of information. Basically what they found out was that there was significant improvement with these male doctors that took multivitamins. It was statistically significant. That means when they crunched the numbers, if you see a difference with one group versus another, um, the difference is real. The thing is, it was very, very modest. So you'd see very slight improvements with multivitamins. And there are lots of spins on this. You may be reading in other articles where some people will say, well, the, the ones that thought enough to take my multivitamins were also doing other things to take care of their health. Lots of different factors there. But the thing is, we need all kinds of nutrients. Some of them we haven't even discovered yet. And we get them from plant foods. When are we going to see a really well-designed study that shows people eating dark leafy green vegetables low starch vegetables, fruits, berries, beans, and raw nuts and seeds versus all the other diets out there and which one is the most effective at 
preventing disease, minimizing poor health, and increasing longevity. That's really what we need to see. But like I said earlier, there's really no money behind promoting the consumption of plant foods. There's money behind promoting multivitamins. There's money behind promote, promoting drugs. So we're really on our own, although there are a number of different organizations that are doing what they can to prove that plant foods really work. There was another article that was in the New Yorker last week that I found fascinating. It was called Germs Are Us. And it talked about bacteria. <laughs> and this is going to be an explosive field, I believe, and it's once we learn enough about it, I think it's really going to make a positive impact on our health. Now, one thing that used to really upset me, oh, maybe like 10, 15 years ago or something, is when I would hear about people that had extreme allergies to dairy and other things, or maybe they didn't know what caused their allergies, and their doctors would suggest a treatment that consisted of big doses of antibiotics and then consistent injections to keep their allergies at bay. When I heard about this, I went nuts, especially when I knew a friend that was doing it because antibiotics have definitely made a very positive difference in our lives and have prevented many serious illnesses. But now we're abusing antibiotics. We really don't understand what all they do, and we're now just discovering bacteria and the human microbiome. Uh, and... The problem with blasting our bodies with antibiotics is they may kill the things that are wreaking havoc and causing us problems, but they also kill the good bacteria, and we need a lot of good bacteria in our bodies to do all kinds of magical things. They're magical because we don't know about them and we don't understand them. But we should be seeing some change in the near future, hopefully. This article talked about how we have as many as 10,000 bacterial species in our bodies, and the bacteria inside us weigh about three pounds. <laughs> so if you want to lose weight, I wouldn't think about losing it in bacteria because for the most part, they are really helpful. They help manufacture vitamins, and they work in our guts to prevent infection. They bolster our immune system. They help us digest food. There's research that says that it alters our brain chemistry, affects our mood and behavior. And the thing is that there are some bacteria that have been destroyed, which encourages certain kinds of ailments like asthma and obesity even. 
because this is what was fascinating about the article, that there is a bacteria that when we eat, it enables us to know when we're sated and we don't want to eat anymore. And when we don't have that bacteria or enough of it, we don't get that signal. And so we just keep eating. Interesting, isn't it, that a bacteria can be related to people wanting to eat more food and too much food and get and get overweight. So I found this really, really fascinating. And we really need to give bacteria a chance. Now, probiotics, of course, are very popular. More people are learning about them. Uh, the thing is... Just like so many things, we really are in a very novice stage when it comes to learning about probiotics. Probiotics are a mix of healthy bacteria that promote health. But most of these probiotic capsules contain about 1 to 15 billion bacteria, and we've got 100 trillion bacteria, along with yeasts and parasites, that are in our gut. So by taking probiotics, that it, it may not be enough to impact a very unhealthy environment of bacteria that are causing problems. And we may not consume the right probiotic because there are so many of them. We don't know that we're getting the right one. So there's a lot of information that needs to be learned here. But I like to always go back to healthy food as the most reliable source for nutrition and cures because I think nature got it figured out a long time ago. Now, I've been working a bit recently with making yogurt. I'm really excited about this because this is a great way to get probiotics relatively inexpensively and you can... You're literally growing your own by making your own yogurt and saving a little bit of it to make new yogurt. And there's other ways to get probiotics other than getting them in a pill by making them yourself. There's Rejuvelac. There's a number of different recipes online for Rejuvelac, which is just taking a grain, soaking it, letting it sprout rinsing the water a few times, and then drinking that water. It has a little tang to it because the bacteria in it are growing, but they're healthful, health-promoting bacteria. And you can make your own. You can buy it in a store. It's pretty easy. And you can make it on a lot of different grains. Some people use wheat berries. Some people use rice. Um, there's a variety of different ones that you can try it with. The key is to sprout the grain and drink the water. Uh, fermented foods are also very good place to get probiotics. So I think um, there's a lot that we can learn here and even more a lot that we can do. The other problem with probiotics, sometimes if you buy a product that is has not been carefully shipped or controlled, you may not have any live bacteria in your pill or very little. So you want something that's very active. Of course, the way to do that is if you're using probiotics, you can 
empty a few capsules, one, take two, for example, put the powder of one capsule in one glass and the powder of one capsule in another glass and pour a little milk or soy milk on the capsules and just let it go for 8 to 24 hours and see if you see a difference in the two glasses. The one with the, well, I just experienced didn't describe that correctly. In one glass, you want to have the probiotics. In the other glass, you don't want to have anything at all. The one without the probiotics is the control. So what you want to see after 8 to 24 hours is a change in the one with probiotics, a little foaminess, a little activity. If you don't see that, the probiotics aren't really doing anything. And you may be spending money on nothing. It's a fun test. Please do try it at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a listener write me recently, and I say this all the time. I can't say it enough. I really love to hear from you. My email address is info at realmeals.org, info at realmeals.org. Org. So she was listening to my other program, It's All About Food, and was listening to the November 9, 2011 interview with Ken Babel. And he wrote this little book on mushrooms that I love because mushrooms are powerful. Mushrooms are healthy. And they can really cure a lot of ills. And I guess during that program... I wasn't sure where I could get organic dried mushrooms. And so one listener sent me a few links. I have yet to try them, but I wanted to mention one is for a Asian grocery store that has a website. It's called hokto-kanoko.com. That's H-O-K. T like Tom, O dash K I N like Nancy, O K O dot com, Hokto dash Kanoko dot com. Another one that I recently discovered is fungusamongus dot com, fungusamongus, F U N G U S A M O N G U S dot com. You may have seen their products in the store, and the thing is, you can buy them in bulk at the website. When you find them in stores, they're in tiny little one-ounce packages, and they're quite pricey. So you can get a better deal online by buying them in bulk. Fungus among us. But mushrooms are powerful. I like to call them natural chemotherapy. What else can we talk about today? I, we've been uh, continuing our Responsible Eating and Living Fun Drive, and we've created the Real Virtual Pancake Fundraiser. It's our sourdough cornmeal pancake breakfast fundraiser, and uh, we have this great sourdough cornmeal pancake recipe that's on the ResponsibleEatingAndLiving.com website, and we had a friend over 
who stayed over and we had breakfast on Saturday. And guess what we made since it's October and we're having our virtual sourdough cornmeal pancake breakfast fun drive. We made our sourdough cornmeal pancakes and such a great recipe. I can't say enough about it. It really is wonderful. Um, and somebody commented on a Facebook post or something when we were talking about this pancake. You know, people can't resist and they like to dig on vegans. And the the post was something like, it's too bad they don't eat bacon or something like that. And someone else posted coconut bacon. Now, this is something I have never tried. I absolutely recommend Googling it if you're curious but you can make a very bacon-like substance from coconut. Coconut is really amazing. It's full of fat, just like bacon. And it, you can add liquid smoke to it and all kinds of flavors and fry it up. And it looks amazing. Like, you know what, bacon crumbles. I haven't tried it, but I am looking forward to doing that. And as while I'm talking about the real virtual sourdough pancake breakfast fun drive, I wanted to encourage you to visit responsibilityandliving.com and help us do what we do, writing our articles, our blog posts, our videos, our recipes, and there's so much more that we want to do. In fact, you can read The Real Appeal under our donation tab. But if you can, please make a donation. I am so appreciative of those of you ha who have done so. Every time a check or donation comes in, I feel that connection and just want to reach out and give you a virtual hug. Thank you, because this work is so important. And more people need it, and we need to find a way to get it out there. But right now, with the Internet, People that want it should be able to find it. It's that simple. Okay, I want to buckle down here and get ready for the impending storm. So I'm going to say adieu and end today's show with our real jingle. Thanks for listening and please, again, info at realmeals.org. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you want to know, what you need to know, what you like hearing about, etc. Let's make this a community. Your input, my input, back and forth. Okay? Thank you so much. R-E-A-L Responsible eating, responsible eating, responsible eating and living. R-E-A-L, real's good for the planet, the inhabitants who need sound advice on the right thing to do. When it comes to good health, we need bad or true. To choose what to eat and save the planet too As responsible eating and living oh. You'll find the real tools for you